One, two, this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that Triple H. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year, Wrestling News Live. of wrestling radio the trade dog we will never use the words shit god jesus or any other racial or sexual slurs and jj sexay i did not i repeat i did not sleep with that young intern as a matter of fact i was up all night wrestling news live For the fans, by the fans. That's right, the franchise is back. Wrestling News Live. Your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. And good evening, guys. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live right here exclusively at Sunday Night Showdown.com. What a night! Of professional wrestling we have seen. Buzz Aldrin, the Raw guest host. Bret Hart wins the U.S. title. My God, what in the hell is happening in 2010? Hall and Nash, the tag team champions. Bret Hart, the United States champion. I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I want to bring on the host of Wrestling News Live. It's the trade-off. Don't pin 
Trey Dog, are you with so, me, buddy? The million-dollar question tonight is, am I still a redneck because I drink Mountain Dew, or am I even more of a redneck because I'm drinking Mountain Dew with a blast of lime called Distortion? I would have to say that probably makes you more redneck, yes. Just, All right. Just Survey a theory. Says, ding, 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 number one answer. All right, good job. Yeah, more of a redneck, I guess. That's right. It's not too bad, though, i got to admit. So what is I'm going on? What is going on in your neck of the woods tonight, Trey Dog? Well, uh, just got home from work a little while ago. Got a chance to catch uh, the human ping pong ball, airborne, and Gail Kim and uh, Mister Woo 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 and what's her face? That's about how interesting that match was to me. And then I got to see a pretty good main event with Sheamus and John Cena. And boy, I tell you what, that Toronto crowd did not. And I repeat, did not like John Cena tonight. <laughs> no, no, they don't like John Cena there. Minus the two jabrones that were about the third row that were dressed just like him. But I did see an interesting sign. I'm sure you guys watching the whole show saw it more than once. But there was a sign in the crowd that said, Toronto needs an impact. And the letters TNA were in red. So I thought that was a pretty interesting little sign. No doubt. I think impact needs an impact, to be honest with you, after last night. Yeah. Anything in the news today about anybody from TNA being fired because of last night? Uh, it's funny. I was reading the chat room earlier, and I don't know I don't, I don't. know if this is accurate, but somebody said Rhino's been released. Well, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I thought he was gone a long time ago. <laughs> well, you would think, right? I mean, I thought that if I mean, they... He had, the, he had the Jesse Neal program, right? And then he disappeared? Yeah, exactly. Something along the lines of he was mad at Jesse Neal, that he was friends with Jesse Neal, that he was mad at Jesse Neal, that he was mad at 3D, that he was teaming with 3D, and they just couldn't figure the shit out. I thought he was gone a long time ago. Hell, I didn't know. Well, it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, I... There was all this talk, and you and I have talked about this many times on the show, about Paul Heyman possibly being brought in. They were talking about doing an E2 faction. Well, I mean, Rhino would have been a big member of that faction. And, you know, granted, yeah. he hasn't done anything noteworthy in, in many years with that company. But uh, I don't know. If that's accurate, then Rhino's gone. There's two guys out there right now. Well, three. There's three guys out there right now, and I still think, could come in and really help TNA. And I, and I know this is a raw thing that we're supposed to be talking raw, but um, just three guys off the top of my head that would really help that product out again. Jim Mitchell, who they should have never fired. I mean, you could do so much with that guy. He doesn't even have to be with Abyss. I mean, he could come in and be with somebody like Ink Ink. You know, I mean, he could manage the two of them because they're freak-looking. True. You know, you put Tomco in there, and then you got a faction. You know, I like the idea of that. Then there's Jim Ross, and then there's Paul Heyman. And like I said on your show last night, if I'm Dixie Carter, after what I saw last night, I would just write total nonstop action, pay to the order of Paul E. Heyman, and leave the motherfucker blank and say, here you go, fill it out. Oh, just just, for the, just for the record, Trey... Uh, apparently, no one has been released yet. That was just a rumor going around. Apparently, Dixie doesn't want to release people, but it's looking like they're going to cut some people this week due to budget cuts. And, you know, I mean, granted, 
Look at all the talent they've recently brought in. Anderson, Hardy, you know, Hogan Bischoff. RVD. RVD, yeah. I mean, so, you know, and there's rumors. I think they said Kevin Thorne was at the tapings this week. So are they going to bring well, in Kevin Thorne? a problem in TNA, I don't think. Well, no, and there's a lot of guys that aren't being utilized that, you know, and probably a bunch of homegrown TNA talent are going to be the ones that get let go. Well, you know, Shark and I talked about this a little bit last night on Sunday Night Showdown, which you can catch on Sunday night if not have a pay-per-view. Um, cheap plug. Cheap plug. Um, you know, he was talking last night about how they need to stop using the senior circuit, which are the older guys, and start pushing the TNA guys. Well, like I said last night, these senior guys have only been around for a little while. These other guys have had seven years to make a name for themselves, and the only one that's done it really is AJ Styles, maybe a James Storm and a Robert Roode. But other than that, I mean, hell, the Motor City Machine Guns, as long as they've been a tag team, can you understand and believe that they've never had the tag team titles? Well, there's probably a reason why. I think they're fixing to get them, though. I mean, the thing about it is, like I said, they've had seven years to call themselves TNA homegrown talent to get up off their ass and impress me, and only about three or four of them have. So I don't have any love lost for those guys sitting in the locker room bitching about the old farts coming in. The old farts are probably what saved their job. This is true. It's not the talent. It's the person that writes the stories and book the matches that's killing TNA. But, you know, to hear Eric Bischoff talk, you know, if Vince Russo is the one writing the storylines, he praises Russo for his work behind the scenes, uh, you know, with creative. So, again, it, some of the storylines in that company are just, you know, you just facepalm. Well, I just sit back and I look at their roster, and I look at the talent they have, and I just scratch my head. I mean, I just, why is... And I guess we're going to get there now that Motor City Machine is the number one tag team contenders. You know, but if you're going to put the belts on Hall and Nash, put them with somebody they could put over and get a rub off of. You know, Team 3D and all these other tag teams are, are worthless, except for Beer Money. You know, and they can't figure out if Beer Money is going to be, you know, face or heel. That kills them. They can't get their momentum going. True. Now, I just, you know, without without spending night trying to figure out why that ship's sinking, you know, because we can sit here and talk about that all night. Well, now, there is a promo that I'm going to play later on in the show uh, when we discuss TNA a little more in depth, uh, dealing with Mr. Anderson. If you missed this promo, it, it's priceless. And uh, you'll, you'll get the gist of it when I play it a little later on. But I think it's time now that we go ahead and uh, hit that raw recap. Let's do it. guys joining us on the line he is the official raw recapper right here for wrestling news live welcome to the program the one the only josh pedro what's going on tonight buddy hey what's going on jj trey yeah so how about that raw tonight my god what a program now i haven't seen with the two matches that i mentioned so this will all be new to me but i'll keep my honest opinion well we started off raw tonight with uh Bret Hart coming out to do a promo, 
and uh, basically talking about The Miz challenging him to a U.S. title match, and he said that he wasn't aware of it, but he actually accepted the challenge, called the uh, quote-unquote WWF headquarters, and told him to book it. But um, he says he changed his mind because he doesn't want to be remembered as an old wrestler. And at that point, Chris Jericho comes out and harkens back to WrestleMania 25 and cuts a promo on uh, Bret Hart being a guy who's made a wrong decision, coming back. He's a hypocrite for being in a ring and in a spotlight. And it provokes Bret to accept the match with uh, a no DQ, anything goes, no excuses, etc. stipulation, which basically amps up the uh, the hype for possibly a Brian Danielson debut later tonight, which we unfortunately did not get. You know, what, what, I think it's one of those deals where everybody was anticipating it so much that they got wind of it and said, "No, let's do something else." And, and that's, that that's a good point. I kind of felt that way too. You know, with all the speculation going into it, I read. Numerous sites today talking about WWE was considering bringing in Danielson, and uh, I think we've all been over this. I mean, I, I know we covered this on the show last week, um, or at least I did it Unplugged after Danielson was, was released, and we talked about it last night a little bit on Sunday Night Showdown. So, you know, it wouldn't be within the realm of possibility for them to uh, get wind of everything and be like, you know what, let's do something different. I, I, I just think it's funny that in 2010... You know, Bret Hart is your U.S. champion, and he did nothing <laughs> but put the sharpshooter on the Miz to do so because the Hart dynasty worked their butts off to beat the Miz up. You know, with all the interference, you know, back and forth from Jericho and you know and Regal and uh, <laughs> and Kozlov. I just I found it extremely hilarious that we have a United States champion and Bret Hart. I feel like this is 1998. Because that was the year that the Outsiders were tag team champions, and that was the year that Brett the Hitman Hart was the United States champion in WCW. I'm feeling like maybe we've hit a, a hot tub time warp or something, and we're back in time <laughs> to 1998 right now. It's crazy. And uh, even Crowley pointed out earlier that Sting is going to be main eventing a pay-per-view, too. So that just even adds to it. All they're missing is Hogan versus Sting. Then it truly is that 1998. Hey, and it's going to. I'm predicting that will happen at um, Bound for Glory. Well, that'll be bound to be um, disappointing. And also up tonight, um, we got two pick-your-poison matches for uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, apparently, Edge and Randy Orton are going to be picking their opponents. And Edge comes out to cut a promo and basically starts naming off all the people that Randy Orton RKO'd last week on Monday Night Raw. He's interrupted by Christian, and this, if you haven't seen Monday Night Raw, find a stream, find a, a file somewhere on some message board, download it, watch it. This was match of the night, and possibly a match of the year contender, in my opinion. It was at least a four-star match between Edge and Christian. It was just back and forth, back and forth, and in the end, Edge nails the spear and basically takes the win. And uh, right after the match, Randy Orton comes up on the Titantron and says, I don't know what Christian's doing out there. That wasn't your opponent. And the lights go out, the gong hits, Undertaker comes out next, and Edge is like, oh, shit. He's just got that classic look right on his face. And it goes into the second match. Edge loses by a countout on purpose. The match technically just basically starts. He stands outside the ring. That's it. Christian rolls him back in the ring. Undertaker gives him a choke slam. And that's the end of that. But 
even still, even with that small little segment afterwards, that has got to be probably one of the best matches I've seen out of the WWE in a long time. No, absolutely. It was a great match. Uh, it was a pay-per-view quality match on Raw tonight. I mean, honestly, good effort by both of those guys. And, you know, they're talking about it in the chat room right now, but, you know, why do we even have a brand split when we have continuous guys coming over from the other brand and gals? You know, Lay Cool are on SmackDown, but yet they were here tonight on Raw. I just, I, the brand split to me is so passe. It, it's over. You're obviously going back and forth to all the shows. So really, do you need a brand split anymore? I think not. Well, they've still got two set rosters. It's just easier now with the way things are for people to make cameos on the, on the opposite shows. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily consider the brand split to be dead because it's really technically not. But, you know, that's that's what's, that's what's so bogus about the damn draft and everything. I, I don't get excited for that kind of shit anymore like I used to because it doesn't really matter in the long run. Yeah, it doesn't really matter because you're you're either going to be on both shows anyway, depending on who you are. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean they're all WWE contractees anyway, so Vince does reserve the right to put them on any show he wishes. So and the card subject to change. Exactly, which TNA did last month. We'll not get into that. Anyway, um, Buzz Aldrin's up next. Uh, him and his wife Lois are in the back talking about all of his uh, memorabilia and products, and we hear a light little excuse me. Vicky Guerrero comes out and basically tries to take over Monday Night Raw as a GM, but Buzz Aldrin kindly reminds her that she resigned from last week, and as a result, we're going to be getting a replacement for Vicky Guerrero as a GM of Raw next week after Over the Limit. So let the speculation begin about who the new GM's going to be. Now, see, I didn't see any of this. Do you know why? Because we weren't commercial-free in Canada. I didn't see so Buzz actually, Aldrin until the end of the show. Wow, they cut that out in Canada? Yeah, they cut everything out in Canada. Canada sucks. Wow. Yeah, I heard Michael Cole mention that at the end of the show, but I thought they were just making a joke about something. A joke that I didn't get the punchline to, but... Wow, that's wild. I mean, that's a major thing to, 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 to see, and they cut that out in Canada, but I mean, now the big question is, who's it going to be? You know, it, the sad thing is, I didn't even, Raw wasn't even over for me till right at, you know, 9.30 as the show was getting ready to go on the air. Like, I wasn't watching yeah. a stream tonight. I literally watched it, you know, uh, from start to finish. It starts at 7.15, ends at 9.30. And I had commercials all the way through, missed so many backstage segments that I'm glad that we have a Raw recapper because I couldn't do this show justice otherwise. <laughs> Cue Josh Pedro. That's right. That's what happens when you live in Canada. Was that a boot, eh? Yeah, what's it. all that a boot, eh? <laughs> up next we were supposed to have a match with uh mark henry against somebody but we didn't know because hacksaw jim tista comes out and hits uh henry in the back with a two by four slams him into the steel ring steps and cues the spotlight in the middle of the ring he goes around poses a little bit and then says the one line i don't know if anyone heard it but i certainly heard it the camera caught it as he's walking by mark henry to go back to the back he goes how do you like that kool-aid that's right, Batista listens to the shows right here on the SNS Radio Network. Because I do believe we coined that phrase back in the day. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. That's funny. So that just got major props from me. I mean, I mean, that's just great. That's right up there with I hate you, Batista. I hate you, opinion. too. <laughs> but what really happened for the third match, though, was just phenomenal. Ted DiBiase Jr. comes out. 
and with him is none other than Virgil. Yes, and God damn did Virgil look rough. He looks like he ate a small family in Somalia. I mean, he's looking bad these days. I don't know. I mean, for his age, I didn't think he looked too bad. I mean, yeah, he looked kind of bloated, but for his age, he didn't look all that bad. He could have looked a lot worse. Dude, I thought it was Tony Atlas at first. Oh wow! That's that's how dramatic the uh, <laughs> that's how dramatic the change is. I mean, you remember Virgil? He was a you know pretty well built guy, even as Vincent in the NWO. You know, he stayed yeah. in pretty good shape, but he was superbly fat, like he's been eating you know cannonballs all day at the local history museum. Maybe he ate all the commercials off Raw, or at least Mark Those Henry's were... KFC. I don't know. <laughs> Those are actually replaced by some pretty humorous uh, spoofs. They did a, was it Geico? They did one. They did a spoof of Dos Equis with uh, Santino. That was actually hilarious. Uh, says, I don't always prefer sports entertainment, but when I do, I watch the WWE. And he takes a drink and says, this tastes like gold urine. <laughs> I like the Geico at the end. See, I completely it, missed it, those. I didn't, I, I didn't see any of those. Not a one. They had a guy come on. They had a guy come on. He goes... Uh, can you go to WWE shop and save lots of money on, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes, is gold dust a horrible blind date? And then they cut the gold dust as a blind date for some chick. It was pretty funny. That does sound pretty hilarious. I'll have to catch those on YouTube when they go up. And oh, they yeah. had one oh, yeah. uh, doing the same thing earlier tonight. And instead of uh, gold dust, was is the great call E. Uh, afraid of rental cars or something, and they show Great Collie sandwiched with uh, Rajan Singh in there into a compact, and Rajan's like, "This is the smaller, or this is the biggest they had." And all of a sudden, you see a Hummer drive by and the uh, horn swoggles in it. Nice. Just points <laughs> at him, laughs, and drives off. That's funny. That is some good stuff. And uh, as far as the match was concerned, uh, Dibiase faced uh, Yoshitatsu, and it was a pretty decent match. Uh, nothing too extravagant, but. Uh, Ted DiBiase did win via Dream Street, and then Virgil basically gives him a microphone, and he announces that Virgil will be in Ted DiBiase's corner at Over the Limit when he takes on Ron the Truth Killings. Now, my question is, and, and maybe I missed this, is the million-dollar championship belt on the line this weekend? No. What a travesty of justice. I would love to see Virgil help our truth get the win and take that title from DiBiase. That would be interesting, but there is still six days. It could, you know, at the last minute do something, or even at the pay-per-view announce that the title's on the line. They have, you know, they've done that before, so. Or hell, why not just do the SmackDown? I mean, you know, it's okay for everybody to show up on everybody's show. I mean, why not just have the angle on SmackDown this week? Coming to a pawn shop near you, the million-dollar title. See, you know, R-Truth walking in the pawn shop. What's up? What's up? I got a million-dollar belt. That's what's up. for sale. I'm going to get 25 for it, though. Just saying. As Mike Siciliano in the chat says, the million-dollar truth. <laughs> the million-dollar nice. truth. Instead of and coming next... out in his jeans, he'll be wearing, like, suits and shit. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And next up, uh, basically, for uh, the United States title match, we had Miz and Bret Hart. And uh, Miz makes his entrance by actually cutting a promo saying that he was doing this and choosing Bret Hart, so he had the chance to beat a national legend, and said that this is basically redemption for having Bret screw him out of his unified tag team titles for the Hart dynasty. So he wants to publicly humiliate and embarrass him, 
And before the match gets underway, um, this is where everything just goes nuts. He says that he has a neutralizer for the Hart Dynasty because he doesn't trust Bret Hart. Cue Kozlov and Regal. So the two of them show up, and then Hart Dynasty jumps the barricades, and they start brawling. Then, basically, Chris Jericho comes out. Then Natalia comes into the ring and smacks Chris Jericho something fierce. And, of course, Natalia gets out of the way, and now it's a two-on-one against Bret Hart until the Hart Dynasty comes back. Uh, they even the odds by getting Jericho out of the ring. Hart Dynasty hits the heart attack on uh, the Miz, and then Bret Hart puts the Miz in the sharpshooter, and he taps, and Bret Hart is your new United States champion in the 1998 flashback. That motherfucker tapped like Gregory Hines. I guess that's, that's a dated reference. He wasn't even in there for two seconds, and he was already tapping. Oh, I'm telling you, he, he tapped quicker than uh, quicker than CJ did the EFED. Oh. Ba-boom. Ouch. Well, moving on. <laughs> Before we actually do move on, we do have an inanimate object update. Bret Hart job to the turnbuckles tonight after he won the U.S. title. I saw that. That was kind of funny. And then Natalia had to hold him up because <laughs> he was falling down. It was hilarious. So that's going to be added to the list pretty soon. And uh, speaking of uh, title changes that don't make sense, Lay Cool comes out for their match next, and both uh, Layla and Michelle McCool are sporting the women's title. And a Guess they're actually going by the Freebird rule, claiming that Lay Cool is actually the women's champion, not them individually. So I guess any one of them can defend one of their two women's title belts now. Yeah, I thought that was great. Now we have, uh, you know, not only the women's championship, we have the women's tag team championship, as they both have replica belts that they walk down to the ring with. Awesome. And that led to uh, Lay Cool and Maurice against uh, the Bella Twins and the Divas champion, Eve Torres, in a six-women tag team match. And um, for a women's match, it wasn't too bad. Uh, usually I'm not really high on Divas matches, but I actually enjoyed this one. And Maurice actually wins by the French Kiss by tagging herself in and steals one. So that's that for that match, and that's pretty much all I can really say about it. It's a Divas match. What do you expect? <laughs> Yeah, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, Broadway. It wasn't uh, anything worth writing home about. So that moves us to the next match, which was the second Pick Your Poison match of the evening. Uh, Randy Orton taking on the World Heavyweight Champion Jack Swagger from SmackDown, of course. And uh, this was also a pretty decent match. Uh, wasn't as good as their last encounter, but still was pretty watchable. Uh, basically, Orton got the win by a disqualification when Edge came in, and... Uh, made the interference. He went for the RKO on Edge, but he faked it and hit Swagger with the RKO instead. And then Edge hits the spear right off the rebound of the RKO and pretty much ends that segment. I'm actually looking forward to this match on Sunday between uh, Edge and Orton. I hope that they can deliver a really good match. I know that I thought Jericho and Edge were going to have a pretty good feud and that kind of fizzled, but I have high hopes that Orton's going to carry Edge to a to a good contest this Sunday. There's I think there's a chance about, to actually uh, be... He's got a chance to be the uh, show stealer of the night, as a matter of fact. I hate to say that because we thought the same about Jericho and Edge, and it flopped, but we'll see. Yeah, apparently there's still talk about uh, rated RKO even getting together, even though this feud's going on, so who knows? Maybe we'll get a swerve. Well, you got you got to have somebody to fight Jizz when they win the belts. <laughs> this is true. Uh, the next, uh, Buzz Aldrin comes out, so it's the second time we've seen him tonight, so I guess... Uh, he got prepped and memorized all his lines for his segment. Uh, talks about the space program. And every time he stops, of course, the crowd's doing that what chant behind him. Uh, he puts over Barack Obama 
in the United States, which didn't go over too well with the Canadian crowd. But he tries to save face by saying that the uh, the landing gear on the uh, the, uh, the lem that uh, landed on the moon was actually built by Canadians. But that didn't exactly help him out. Uh, Zack Ryder comes out and cuts a pro USA promo and gets you know your typical Canadian heat for that. Uh, Buzz threatens to punch Ryder after showing um, a clip of him doing it to someone else, and he calls out Evan Bourne. That leads us to basically a mixed tag match. I thought it was actually be Zack Ryder and Evan Bourne going one on one, but it turned out to be Zack Ryder and Alicia Fox against Evan Bourne and Gail Kim. And Gail Kim uh, basically. Hits the eat defeat on uh, on Alicia Fox and gets the win, while Evan Bourne takes out Zack Ryder on the outside, and we get a moonwalk from Buzz. Yes, and yeah. Epic. How old is Buzz Aldrin? He's like ninety, I think. He's in great shape for a man of his age. I got, I got to tell you, he does. I, I have no idea how old he lo- I mean, how old he is. He looks ninety, but uh, the guy looks like he's in great shape. I just thought he was hilarious. Uh, you know, oh, moon, I did too. Moon I thought the moonwalk was, was actually pretty funny. I was kind of hoping he was going to deck Ryder. That would have been awesome. Oh, hell yeah. That would have been over big time. I was hoping for that, but no, we got a video of him decking out, according to uh, Buzz, quote-unquote, that guy. So, didn't even say his name was. He's just known as that guy. And I'm getting confirmation in the chat room that Buzz Aldrin is, in fact, 80 years old. So, it was about a decade off. Uh, he looks good for 80. That's for damn sure. Something on the moon must have kept him from aging. <laughs> All that moon dust. We should be gold dust next gimmick, but I digress. And that brings us to our main event of this evening. It's John Cena taking on Sheamus to settle their little lover's quarrel. And uh, Cena gets the win by disqualification since Batista came down and gave him three spine busters and then put in the uh, rings of Saturn, which I believe the chat room earlier tonight nicknamed it the I Hate You Stretch. Very nice. I like that. And then Monday Night Raw goes off the air, and that's it, gentlemen. That's the Broadway, yeah. It was uh, an interesting show from start to finish. I, I kind of felt like they tried to hype this into a pay-per-view quality. On some levels it delivered. I thought that Edge and, and Christian did a fantastic job against each other. You know, for what it's worth, the build-up between uh, Cena and, and Batista toward the end of the show, even the main event with, with Sheamus and Cena, you know, I thought tonight was a good show. I mean, if you had to give it a letter grade, what would you give it, Josh? Um, well, it started off really well. Like we said, Edge and Christian was pay-per-view quality. There were some great pay-per-view quality matches on paper here, but the DQ finishes kind of made it suffer a little bit. Um, basically, let you know it was a Raw and not a pay-per-view. The appearance of Virgil and some of the comedy from Buzz Aldrin was good. It started off with an A+, but it kind of fell to a B-plus in the end. So that's why I'm going to give my final letter grade as a B-plus. You know what? I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I kind of give it a B-plus myself. I don't think it was good enough for an A, but uh, it definitely wasn't C quality. So uh, I, I enjoyed it, quite frankly, what I saw of it, you know, considering it wasn't commercial-free for me. Um, I'd have to give it a B-plus. Had, had, had I seen the other segments, I'd probably give it an A. But seeing as how I live in Canada... And, you know, it wasn't commercial-free for me, and I feel ripped off. I'm going to have to give it a B plus. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, not that I'm saying Michael Cole listens to Wrestling News Live, but, you know, I bitched last week about the way they talked about Triple H, and then this week Michael Cole actually said, Sheamus actually attacked Triple H backstage, and against doctor's orders, Triple H went through with the match, and that was why Sheamus was allowed to put him on the shelf. So I just thought that was a little ironic since I just bitched about the fact they don't mention that on the air. 
Well, you know, they listen. We know that. Somebody is. Somebody does. All right, so that was Monday Night Raw. Josh, anything else before we let you go, bro? Um, not really. I mean, you can always check out my column on from headlocksheadlines.com every Tuesday, which is the official news source of Sony Night Show on Radio Network, uh, the Wrestling Den, and of course, um, every Friday night on the Headlocks Lounge. So until then, that's it. All Peace. right, sounds good. We're gonna take our first commercial break of the evening. We'll be right back right after this. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is Josh Piedra, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-g pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some Tang. Hello, Tang. Straight out. It's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown.
If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's high impact. Non-stop. Adrenaline pumping. Heart racing. Full board. Nail fighting. Pedal to the middle. Anything goes. Full throttle. Action packed. WWE is over the limit. WWE over the limit. Separated. This is Mace, one of the original international invaders, welcoming you back to Wrestling News Live with the grandfather of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog, and JJ Sexy. Sexy. All right, thank you for that, Mace. We appreciate that. Of course, we are back, Wrestling News Live, myself and the Trey Dog. What a night, let me tell you. I'm looking forward to watching Raw now, hell. That wasn't a bad show, man. I mean, I hate knowing what's going to happen beforehand, but hey. Well, that's, that's the price you pay when you work on Monday nights and you have a DVR. Yeah, no doubt. But I can handle it. I'm a big boy. Well, you know, it happens. Uh, well, you know, like I said, I, I thought Raw was a good show. I give it a B. I don't really have any complaints. I really enjoyed what I did see of it tonight. And thank God that we don't have to watch both shows on Monday night anymore. Oh, it makes you know, my life. And, and just a little bit that I watched tonight of Raw, I thought to myself, and I hate to say this now because it might open up a whole can of worms, but as much as I love my TNA product, they're just so far behind the WWE that as wrestling fans, maybe, well, it's a two-sided thing. I think maybe, A, we're a little too critical of what we see on TV, number one. Number two, I just think a lot of what TNA is trying to do has... The guys they're using, today's generation knows really nothing about. And all they see are a bunch of old guys in the ring, so they don't have that, you know, that place in their heart for some of these guys. You know, it's okay to like Hall and Nash, but hate Hogan and Sting, and it's okay to have a soft spot in your heart for Hogan and Sting and hate Hall and Nash. You know, I mean, your favorites are who your favorites were when you grew up. I'm fortunate being a long-time WCW, you know, lover that I've got Hall and Nash, Hogan and Sting and Jarrett all doing what they're doing in TNA because, to me, that's what I, that's what I you know, fell in love with wrestling-wise was, WCW and the WCW product make jokes as you want. I could care less. But fucking redneck. You know, it's just it's just sad that you know this younger generation is so quick to judge and and be so critical. I mean, nobody's perfect. I just wish they could do some things to change a few a few key things there at TNA. 
But even watching the WWE tonight on Raw, it's just better lit. It's better looking. The ring looks brighter. It looks closer. Um, it's like you're in the ring during a match to where TNA, the camera's so far away, you see the whole ring and the guys running around in the ring. But with the WWE, it feels like you're right in there with the superstars. You know, they've got that high death going. They've got a better look at entrance ramp. They've just got more money, and they got more money invested in their product, and it shows, you know. And TNA has gotten better, yes, by leaps and bounds since the arrival of Hogan and Bischoff. And, yes, I am a fan of the four-sided ring in TNA. I just think that the WWE production-wise is head and shoulders above TNA. So all of us wrestling fans, we watch the WWE product. Then we turn on TNA and we're like, really? It's like going from the mall to a garage sale. It really is. That's actually a pretty good analogy when you think about it. I mean, it's just, I don't know if, you know, TNA is just saying, hey, we're not going to spend any more money production-wise or what, but, you know, as many guys that are in TNA that are from the WWE, somebody should be able to steal a secret or two on how Vince's production looks so much better, you would think. True. Um, You brought up WCW a second ago, and and I got a clip here, and I want to thank Joshua Pedro for this. He sent me this last night. In preparations for when Bret Hart won the uh, <laughs> won the U.S. title, if that was indeed going to happen, and I want you to remember this. I'm sure that you do, but I want to play this for you really quickly and get your thoughts on it. Michael Buffer announcing Bret Hart, reigning United States Heavyweight Champion Bret Hitman Clark. Brett, what? Brett the Hitman Clark. That's what I thought he said. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that ain't right. Brett the Hitman Clark. That is fucking awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's like you said, man. We fall into a hot tub time machine in wrestling. And here's what's scary. Everybody's bitching about TNA using these older wrestlers. Well, guess what, kids? Here before too long, in the very near future, within the next two years at least, WWE is going to lose a lot of people, and you're going to be stuck with a bunch of people you don't know and never heard of, and you're going to be wishing these old farts were back again, I promise you. Because neither company is really doing a great job of preparing us for the future for what happens when Triple H, The Undertaker, Edge, Jericho, these guys are all right off into the sunset, <laughs> excuse me, which will eventually happen. They're not really doing a whole hell of a lot to prepare us for that. And that, that really is a valid point that you bring up. Um, to say that I would want these people back, though, I don't know, man. Uh, to be honest, I've, I'm one of those guys that likes to watch the new talent come up and, and do something. You know, I'm a stickler for every couple years, we get fresh meat into a main event scene. And, you know, for the last five or six years, it's it's been John Cena. You know, ever right. since he started main eventing in what, really, 05, when he won his first WWE championship, uh, you know, he's he's pretty much dominated the main event scene. So I happen to like the fact that we're putting those fresh faces in there. And uh, I, I want to continue to see them build guys and, and maybe not bring in some of the veterans as much as they do, but... I mean, I'll admit, bringing in a veteran will help, you know, garner 
a new talent will help season them a little bit. But I just feel there's too much of that going on right now. Way too much. I mean, especially in TNA. Well, yeah, but TNA's reasons are different than the WWE's. The TNA, the WWE is secure in their television contract with USA. They're not going anywhere until they themselves decide to leave USA, should they ever do that for whatever reason. TNA is still trying to fight for a time slot. They're still trying to get recognition. They're still trying to get their name out there. The problem is, instead of spending all this money on these older guys from WCW, you know, why don't you take one of their just one of their contracts and use that towards advertising on other platforms besides Spike TV? I'm telling you right now, that's the one missing ingredient is they don't advertise anywhere other than Spike TV. You know, as far as the older talent and the influctuation of new talent, you know, you got to give WWE props for getting those guys like Swagger. You know, Orton's the main eventer. He's a pretty young guy still. Swagger's a young guy. Sheamus had a while to go. You know, if every year they could, if every year they could introduce three new superstars that from WrestleMania to WrestleMania become main eventers somehow, then they're going to be okay and they're going to do all right and we'll all stay fat and happy. Well, you know, the only problem with that scenario, you look at the WWE and you look at what they've done. You know, whether it was the WWF, the WWE, whatever. You look at what they've done. They've always had a track record for building stars in this industry. Companies like WCW had a reputation for buying the stars that Vince made, and TNA right. is the same way. You know, a lot of right. the established talent in TNA were made by Vince McMahon. So we're still seeing the the product that Vince McMahon has put out, and you know, TNA is is not really making their own homegrown talent. They're putting all these ex WWF wrestlers over their homegrown talent. I mean, AJ Styles is the prime example. I mean, you know, I like seeing him as the champion. Uh, I like the fact they put him with Flair because I think that elevated him to some uh, to some degree. His promo skills got much better after Flair started working with him. At the same time, he's been with that company for, what, damn near 10 years? What, seven, eight? Since they, since they originated? I mean, he was he was in WCW when it died, you know? Yeah. As part of a, a tag team, you know, with Air Paris. Yeah. You know, he was nobody when he was there in 2001. And, you know, granted, he's he's done well in the last decade. But the bottom line is TNA's not making their stars. It's the same crutch well, that WCW had. Yeah, but, you're right. You're right. And that's the thing. That's what leads me to believe that TNA doesn't necessarily care about its future. Um Again, right now TNA reminds me of the Griswolds at Hoover Dam on Vegas vacation. <laughs> and Chevy Chase picks a piece of the wall, you know, and it leaks. Then he puts a piece of gum over it, and then it springs another leak. And he covers that with his finger, which springs another leak. They've got so many leaks in the wall right now, they don't know which one to cover. You know, let's go down the checklist, all right? They've got to get better advertising and do more than just spike television. They've got to get it on other channels and advertise. I want to see it on ABC, NBC, CBS. I want to see it on TBS, TNT. You know, I want to see these advertisements on other television channels that I watch. ESPN, they should, you know, they did it once before with Fox Sports and the Best Damn Sports Show when they were on weekly pay-per-views. 
and we're getting ready to come to Fox Sports, what they need to do is they need to sponsor a sports center, you know, have have a couple of their wrestlers show up during Sports Center and have Hall and Nash show up during Sports Center and take the anchors out and try to, you know, do the sports anchor thing like they do when they take over the commentary desk. You know, something. Something different. Something to get somebody else's attention. You know, that's one thing. The second thing is, you know, they need to get somebody in there to make these characters more interesting. They need to get somebody in there who can write and has a passion and isn't just doing it to garner a paycheck and go through the motions. Because that's what it feels like. They need to get some road talent, you know, as agents that can put together some matches. They got D'Lo Brown in there, who I think probably does a great job. But other than that, they got Terry Taylor, and that's about it, to my knowledge. They need to get some better road agents, you know, some better talent backstage to help these guys. You know, they they, they just there's a long list of shit that they need to fix, including their production, their you know camera shots, their camera angles. You know, and with the storyline and the booking, quit sending people to run in on every match and have a false finish or a DQ finish. You know, let people actually have what they want, a one, two, three, or a tap out. You know, but like I said, there's a long list of things that TNA can do to fix itself. And it's not too hard, it's not too much to ask. It's not too hard to see. You know, it's not too hard for them to do if they wanted to. I'm beginning to think they don't care. I really don't. And you may have a point there. I mean, you look at the show last night, Sacrifice, and there were some good moments, and there were some really bad ones. I mean, I I still, I feel bad for Victoria, Tara, whatever you want to call her, Lisa Marie Verone. Yeah. You know, she completely put everything she had into that company, and because, you know, she felt like she was worth a little more than they wanted to pay, and they didn't want to pay her that, they decided to send her out the wrong way. You know that match was horrid, and, and the fact well, that Madison you know, you Rain. Look at, you look at her. You look at the way she came out on last Thursday's Impact and doing two matches on Impact. When she came out for her first match, I sat in my chair and I went, "Holy shit, she looks good." Yeah. You know, and it's just the knockout division losing another knockout at the top of their game. You know, at the top of the knockout food chain. You know, and now they're down to the beautiful people and what? Beautiful people. This this new chick, Betsy Ruth, who actually injured Daphne not too long ago in a dark match. They've got uh, Goldilocks, what's her name? Fucking uh, Taylor Wilde and Serena. Hamada's still there, I think. ODB is there. It. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it shrank. I mean, this division used to be, you know, something to watch. I mean, this was one of the things that garnered them attention. You know, this is something apart. Exactly. I mean, the X division was always something that garnered them attention. Their tag division at one time was the best tag division in the, in the business, you know, which is not saying much when you have the WWE on the other side and they really don't, you know, Vince has a thing against tag team wrestling. I don't know what his thing is, but for a man who really used a lot of tag teams, you know, back in the heyday of the WWF, you know, after the Attitude Era, he really phased the tag teams out. And I'm still a big fan of tag team wrestling. I happen to like the tag team division. But they have completely watered it down to where we have, what, two or three tag teams in the WWE. So much so that you have to put generic, uh, you know, mid-card main event wrestlers together to, to form tag teams to defend your championships. I mean, 
it's kind of shitty. Yeah, at the time TNA, when their tag team division was booming, they were the only they were the only wrestling on TV with a tag team division. Yeah, it was like WWE was trying to get rid of theirs. <clears throat> you know, until they went to the whole unified champion thing. Oh, I, so, I I would agree. I mean, it's it's kind of sad to see that tag team wrestling is dead in this day and age. Were we supposed to have somebody joining us? Uh, I was supposed to hear from Nick, but I haven't heard back from him, so I'm just going to continue on and uh, discuss some impact. I actually do have a clip. Hey, Papa Giorgio? That's right. You know, man of a thousand names. Yeah. No show might be one of them tonight. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know what, I have I this... Still think when, if it's the same Nick I'm thinking of, he's the one that used to co-host with Chris. That's the Nick. Man, I'm telling you, one of the funniest things that I've ever seen in my life, I laughed so hard I about pissed my pants. We were in Detroit for Bound for Glory. Matter of fact, we were leaving Bound for Glory, and we had waited. We called a cab to take us back to our hotel. And it's me, JSK, Chris, his girlfriend, Nick, and somebody else. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe it wasn't somebody else. But to take a cab in Detroit, you could have one person in the front seat and three people in the back seat. That's it. And JFK takes up most of the back seat. So we got into the cab that we waited almost 45 minutes to get before it finally got to us. And we get in the cab, and I think Chris's girlfriend got in the front seat. Me, Chris, and, and JFK got in the back seat. And the cab driver is telling us, no, 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 no. You can only have three in the back seat, three in the back seat only. And there's four of us trying to fit in the back seat. And so Nick, who's the odd man out, is waiting to get in the cab. And we're arguing, just get in, just get in. And he's saying, no, 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 you've got to get in, you've got to get in. And JSK's like, just get in the fucking cab, I'm tired of fucking waiting, I want to go drink some beer. So Nick goes to get in, and as Nick's trying to get in the fucking cab, this driver just takes off. <laughs> the back door the back door to the cab is still open and I'm sitting by the door with I have Nick we're holding hands basically he's dragging behind the fucking cab he's got one hand in my hand the other hand on the door frame and he's holding on to the cab as we are driving down the, the parking lot to the arena where they had Bound for Glory and he's hanging on and they're dragging him behind the cab. Oh, shit. And I'm yelling, Nick, just let go. Just <laughs> let go. And he says, he's screaming, no, I don't want to wait for another cab. Let me in. Let me in. And this driver, is he steps on it. <laughs> he's fucking taking off. And we're about to get on out of, out of the parking lot of the arena onto a fucking on-ramp to go on the highway. And Nick is still hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> and JSK is doing nothing but laughing. He's just laughing the whole time. And I'm laughing. I'm about to piss my pants. It's so funny, the shit that he's screaming at this cab driver. And we're going, stop, stop, man. You've got to stop the fucking cab. And he won't stop. He just takes off. And so finally, <laughs> Nick lets go. And as he's rolling, he's going, fuck you, cab driver. Fuck you. As a tail falls in the distance, and we're driving down the road. He, he finally got to the bar about an hour and a half after we got there. He was 
pissed off, all dirty and shit, sucking grass stains and rips in his fucking jeans. Oh, that that's I wish he was here for this because uh you know, we're having fun at his expense tonight. That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait for him to come on here and tell that and tell his side of that. It's fucking hilarious. Well, if we don't get him this week, we'll get him uh maybe next week, but uh Oh, that wow. That's some of the craziest it's some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. I mean, he literally if you've ever been to an arena the size of, you know, a place where they would have wrestling you know how big those parking lots are and how long it takes to get from the front door of the arena out to the main road of wherever you're going. Oh, yeah. And he held on the whole fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> He's a trooper, man. And the sad thing is, he probably had to walk back to the arena to get another cab. That's sad, man. You guys just left him. That, that's, He's, that's all awful. Limping. He's all limping and shit when he got to the bar, all beat up. <laughs> wow. You think I'm bad? Fuck it, at least I stayed at the bar all night and drank. Chris said, fuck it, he went to his hotel room to fuck his girlfriend and left his co-host hanging high and dry. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. That's good stuff. Oh, but I seriously, I laughed my ass off the rest of the week. And then as soon as Nick let go, the door stayed open. And we kept driving with the door open. And the four of us were just looking at each other like, oh my God, that just fucking happened. We just drug him almost a mile. And fucking, that cab driver dude didn't skip a fucking beat, man. He was just, He kept arguing, 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 arguing. And then I guess it dawned on him, why am I arguing with these kids? I've got the fucking keys. And he just fucking took off. Oh, man. That was, well, that was in like 05, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, that was fucking crazy shit. Well, I know you didn't catch a lot of the pay-per-view last night, so let me actually play for you one of the shining moments from this pay-per-view. And you're going to understand why it was a shining moment when I play this. So, uh, this was Mr. Anderson. I think Anderson has been stealing my hearty jokes. I think he has, actually. So, this is Anderson talking to Christy Hemme. We're just moments away from the match that everybody's been talking about. The charismatic Enigma Jeff Hardy will be facing my guest right now, Mr. Anderson. <clears throat> no, Kristen. Oh, that's right, that's right, I forgot. Just, just imagine what, just think of what you just said. Jeff Hardy. The charismatic enigma and his creatures of the night. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty catchy. Kristen, do you think that that I could possibly be one of the creatures of the night? Huh? I mean, seriously, just picture this. Okay? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now, I'm sitting in the front row. And I've got my face painted up. I got my little rainbow bright hair. I got my little gimmicks on my forearms. A little pair of panties in my head. And I'm chanting. I'm chanting. I'm chanting. Let's go hardy. Let's go hardy. This is awesome. This is awesome. Huh? Huh? 
right? No, no, no. I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. You know why? Because I'm an asshole. That's why. And while Mr. Hardy has his little little fans, I've got my own following. I like to probably call them Anderson's assholes. Yep. That's right. And tonight, Anderson's assholes will loudly and proudly drown out the creatures of the night as they proclaim at the top of their lungs to the entire freaking world, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match once again, Mr. Thanks, assholes. Mike and Ted, back to you. Now, let me ask you something, Trey. Just off the top of your head, what does that remind you of? Everything that you just heard right there, the crowd chanting his name, what does that remind you of? I was going to ever to say, it's not karaoke with Mr. Anderson. It doesn't matter what you think, Jabroni. I like Anderson. I really do. And I, I, I like his promos. I like the fact that he acknowledges he's an asshole. I mean, from one asshole to another, man, that's awesome. I love it. And for Song of the Night tonight, we're playing the asshole song by Dennis Leary. I'm an asshole. All right. That's my old theme song. Exactly. Because I think we're all that's assholes on this show. That was my theme That was my theme song. Oh, seven, eight years ago for you old schoolers that might remember that. But I mean, that's got to be one of the best promos ever right there. I mean, hands fucking down, top notch. Mr. Anderson hits the ball out of the ballpark. And I would definitely love to get him on this show and talk to him. And he would be fucking awesome. Well, you know, this is a guy that I've always been really high on. Now, granted, in the WWE... He worked the schedule and got injured more times often than not because of the schedule. I mean, he went fed, but, you know, he was, and I even called him Mr. Injury for a long time. Now, he's managed to stay injury-free for a good chunk of time now, which I'm impressed. He's had good matches with Kurt Angle. He had a great match with Jeff Hardy at the pay-per-view. And he's exactly what this company needs because he's a rock-type character that's got the mic skills. He might not be the greatest in the ring, but he's got that charisma, and this is going oh, yeah. somewhere. And I think he could be a huge momentum boost for TNA, TNA looking into the future. TNA, take note and pay the fuck attention. you got to let Anderson go over Hardy and move on to RVD because that is a money feud right there. And I would even put the belt on Anderson. I would I, because he can get the crowd going against him like nobody else in that company. Uh, you know what? I would agree. I think he's exactly what this company needs. I mean, I don't know if they've locked him into a long-term deal. I know for a long time he was kind of working on a, a per-appearance kind of deal. If I were TNA right now, I would try and secure him as, as 
best as possible because if oh, you're the yeah. WWE, you're looking at that and be like, shit, he's really getting over over there. Maybe we should snag him back. Yeah, people in the chat room are probably typing how crazy and stupid I am for saying it, but I think you let RVD run with the, the title for about, oh, the next two or two months or so, and then you have Anderson roll over Hardy finally and get the win that sends him on to the RVD program. Uh, you know, just... You know, and go ahead, sorry. I, I, would have, I would have RVD and Anderson go back and forth, back and forth, and finally give Anderson the belt. Yeah, that's that's not bad. <clears throat> that's not a bad idea. I was just looking at the chat room, and um, actually the response is pretty positive. Untold Ozzy made the comment that Anderson and Pope could be like Austin and The Rock at some point in the near future. Well, the Pope I don't care much for, other than he's just got a great gift to gab. I mean, he cut a great promo. Other than that, I'm not really that impressed with him. See, I think he's good in the ring. I, I like the Pope. I've always been high on Elijah. I don't see him as I don't see him as a heavyweight champion though. I just don't. Well, maybe not yet. I don't think he's ready for that push. But down the road, I could see that. Down the road, maybe. I mean, you know, you want to have Anderson go over RVD. You want to let RVD work his way back. You know, you might even have. I hate to say it, but it'd be interesting for a little while. Sting versus Anderson. You know, um, AJ Styles versus Anderson in a program, you know, where they're all gunning for his belt that he's got. Bring Kurt Angle back. That's another one that you could revisit down the road, you know, because of the way they ended the way they ended. You know, Angle comes back. Anderson's cutting a promo. I've beaten everybody in TNA, blah, 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 blah. I'm the world heavyweight champion. I'm unstoppable. I'm on a roll that nobody can touch. And then all of a sudden, boom, Kurt Angle's music hits unannounced. You know, like the internet doesn't even know he's coming back. And then, boom, his music hits. He comes up out of the floor and says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, loudmouth. You didn't beat me. Matter of fact, last time we fought, I laid your ass out. One, two, three, you know. Then you start a whole new program with Angle and and and, uh, and Anderson again. I, I would I would be down. I'd be all for it. Well, it's possible. I mean, um, I actually do have uh, some of the spoilers for the tapings. I won't read those unless you uh, absolutely want me to, but uh, I'm pretty sure that Angle is supposed to return at the tapings. I will uh, allow you to read those if you want, and I'll just take a little break. How's that? Alright, that sounds good. Let me pull this up. I want to thank... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to know. I want to watch it and be entertained. So, I'll be back. Alright. Take your time. We'll be fine. Alright, so I guess I'll go over the uh, quick spoilers from TNA Impact, and I want to thank uh, Chris Crelia from Headlocks to Headlines, the official news source of Wrestling News Live and all of the shows right here on the SNS Radio Network. Uh, TNA champion Rob Van Dam and Jay Lethal defeated Beer Money Incorporated. Uh, Roxy defeated TNA knockout champ Madison Rain in a non-title match, which I guess is going to be the new gimmick for Madison Rain. She's going to lose all the non-title matches and then probably win all of her title matches. Uh, gee, we've never seen that done before. 
moving on, we've got the beautiful people defeating Sarita and Taylor Wilde. Eric Young defeats Shannon Moore. A big surprise there. Uh, X Division champion Douglas Williams defeats. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I know. Kazushika Okada. Maybe I got that right. Uh, there was a segment where the top ten was announced. Kurt Angle returned, stated he was going to wrestle his way through all ten to get to the championship held by RVD. Uh, there was a Rob Terry versus Orlando Jordan uh, contest that saw Jordan locked in a submission or lock a submission in on Terry and refused to let go. No official decision announced. Jeff Hardy pinned Sting after Ken Anderson interfered and hit the mic check on Sting. Hardy didn't want anything to do with Anderson, and Sting laid both out with the baseball bat. Uh, they do a segment where Desmond Wolf attacks Abyss to prevent him from uh, taking Chelsea and carves him up with a bottle in the end. Abyss makes a comeback, carries her off. Chelsea was doing a Miss Elizabeth deal where she thought Wolf was going too far. Uh, Eric Young pinned Shannon Moore. Team 3D confronted Jesse Neal. There was friction between Devon and Bubba over how they were treating Neal. Kazarian won an X Division Battle Royal. And it was announced that Sting versus Rob Van Dam for the TNA World Title will take place as the main event for Slammiversary. And that is your TNA Impact spoilers for this week. And I'm really not enjoying the fact that they are not going live with this show. I mean, honestly, I know that they didn't want to do it on Monday nights. I, I can understand that. But taping all these shows back-to-back as they're doing is a bad idea. I do not like this at all. So those are the spoilers. That was the spoilers for Impact this week. I don't normally do the spoilers all the time, but what the hell, it was in front of me, and I thought, why not? Trey, are you back? Yeah, I just think this is like opening your Christmas presents in June. I mean, it's just like, you know, hey, or no, it's like me telling you what I'm going to buy you for Christmas in June. It's like having a fake ID at 19. Your 21st birthday doesn't really mean fuck. It's just like, I know I was bored to tears on my 21st birthday. Well, for the first part of it, anyway. Well, if there's anything that we can, uh, that's noticeably different from, uh, <laughs> From Slammiversary this year, no King of the Mountain match, as Mike Siciliano was pointing out in the chat. If Sting and RVD is your main event for Slammiversary for the title, then obviously the King of the Mountain match isn't going to happen, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with that because I was never a big fan of the King of the Mountain concept. The fact that you have to put the belt on the rung to win the championship is the most ass-backwards, asinine thing that I can ever think of in professional well, it's just wrestling. different than what you're used to. I mean, it's, just, it's the opposite of what you're used to. I know. I mean, <clears throat> I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the match and the concept. It's just, I think it confuses people. Well, it does, because the whole point of the ladder match... You've got to pin somebody so you're eligible to hang the belt. And then that person gets put in penalty box, you know, which is an okay concept. But the whole part of pinning somebody to even be eligible to hang the belt is ridiculous. It should wipe that out. It should just be if you get pinned or submit, you go to the penalty box. True. Because while you're in while you're in said box, you don't have a chance to get the belt. That should be all the that should be all the punishment you need for being in the box. 
I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the stupid shit Russo did, like the reverse battle royal, the King of the Mountain match, where you actually have to hang the belt on the rung, and then once you do that, you can take it back off because you've now won the belt. I, I just the whole point of a ladder match is to to ascend the ladder, grab the belt from the rung, and be declared the champion. To actually have to put the work in to actually put the belt up there and then take it back down. I mean, I, I would expect to see that on like uh, extreme, you know, home make- makeover or something. You know, <laughs> like I mean, seriously, I, I I just I think it's a bit too far. I I I agree with you. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I'm okay with them scrapping that. It's definitely going to be a different dynamic, you know. Uh, this year, seeing as you know Hogan Bischoff are in the company, it's going to be interesting to see what matches get axed this year, and you know what they're planning on doing. Since it's, it's pretty much a clean slate when you think about it, it's a fresh start. Well, you would hope so. Well, <laughs> you'd have to think so. You know, I mean, otherwise, what are they doing there? I'm really not sure yet, because <laughs> nothing's really changed. No, you, you've got a point there. I mean, they've brought in they've more talent, you know, but it's not the talent's fault. That's what I keep stressing. It's not the talent's fault that the company is drawing the ratings they draw and putting out the the product they're putting out. You know, they're doing the best they can with what they're told to do. Right. Some of them, most of them. Oh, I, you know what? I, I want to mention something really quick, and I hate to kind of bring this segment down a little bit, but... It needs to be addressed. Uh, I got a message this week from our good friend uh, Midnight Man, a longtime member of the WNL and SNS, you know, family. And I, I, I hate to say this. I mean, I'm saddened by this, but uh, this past week his his father passed away finally, and you know, it's been a long battle for for him and his dad. And I just I want him to know that you know we're thinking about him, and you know. He's in our prayers, and uh, I, I'm sorry for your loss, man. Yeah, I mean, I've known Midnight Man as a listener and a chatter for a long, long time. Uh, we correspond a little bit back and forth with emails, and, you know, he's he's not in the best of shape himself sometimes, and his dad was going through a tough time, and, you know, from the bottom of my heart, man, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sorry, and you're, you're going to be definitely in my prayers. And, you know, one day at a time, it doesn't ever go away, but it does get a little easier to deal with, trust me. And, uh, you know, I wish I could do more for you, buddy, but all I can do is pray at this point. So just uh, hang in there, man. We'll definitely be thinking about you, though. Um, you know what? Why don't we take our last commercial break of the night? Kind of come back and take some phone calls the rest of the night, really, and, and kind yeah. of get people's input on what they thought of Raw, maybe what they thought of, uh, you know, sacrifice last night. Because I know we didn't get a lot of calls in at SNS, but you know. I, I, I want to put this out there: we're all so good with the Magic Ink pen. We all think we could book shows better than Russo and TNA. With all that aside. I want to know what you people would do. And don't type it in the chat room. Get off your lazy ass and pick up the phone and call or Skype us and let us know what you would do if you could fix one thing in TNA or change one thing in TNA. What would it be and why? I like that. So we'll come back with that. 
Uh, so stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back right after this commercial break for more Wrestling News Live. Give us a call, 501-588-7957, right after the break. We'll be right back. Is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that Triple H. This is Flair 16 Tom. Welcome back to Wrestling News Live with your host, JJ Sexy and the Trade Dog. Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNA Video Vault. TNA Video Vault gives you access to over 300 hours of TNA programming, including every pay-per-view and DVD ever released, as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today. I hear voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Monday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Nat Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. This is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain, and I'm on planet Jarrett right now, listening to Wrestling News Live. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling News Live is proud to bring to you a day in the life of Ric Flair.
This has been a day in the life of Ric Flair, brought to you by Wrestling News Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new Wrestling News Live. And now, here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay of SundayNightShowdown.com. You can't see me, but Alright guys, myself and the Trey Dog, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live. Oh, getting close to the end of the show, ready to take some phone calls, my friend. Yeah, ring-a-ding. Let me know what you think. Uh, what you would do is you could fix or change one thing in TNA. And that is going to be an interesting topic of discussion, I think. That would be our question of nine. Oh, wait. Well, the black hole is opened and out from the black hole from whence he came, ladies and gentlemen. My news source from Headlocks to Headline Zone, Chris Crelly. What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing much, man. Uh, you know what? For once, I'm being positive about wrestling. I have thoroughly enjoyed, enjoyed the, the last two nights of pro wrestling. I might be the only guy in the world, but I've actually watched uh, the TNA pay-per-view twice. And it's not as bad as, pe- as people thought. Um, it's kind of like the problem that WWE are having. They kind of book themselves into a, in, into a corner. Right. And right. Oh, So the phone lines are open once again. No, no. <laughs> oh, oh he, he's still here. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yes, sorry about that. Um, Skype decided to drop me out and, and become the new news editor for Headlocks, apparently. But um, So it wasn't a bad pay-per-view, to be honest. Uh, a few things that I would do... Oh, I would definitely go live every Monday night because I know I know it's been said in like every single wrestling show on on, on the internet, but having one show live and then having one pre-taped that kind of that kind of really screwed you because they kind of split they kind of split the, the the roster into two. They had the live roster and the pre-taped roster, and that just didn't work because. One week you'll be on you'll be, you'll be on the edge of your seat waiting to watch TNA. Next week you you'll be like you know what I've seen this, I've seen the spoilers they look meh. At least with Raw you have to watch it because you you're not sure how great it's going to be. So that's one thing I would have done if if if, if I was Mr. B- uh, Bischoff. I I would have guaranteed and made sure that I stayed uh, live on every every Monday. As for talent, as as you know I. I no one here is a big fan of Mr. O.J. Gaga. Um, I'm not sure what his role is. Like, I'm pretty sure we we will see him become what champion is, is, is he going after now? He's going after the global champions like that? I don't know. But he's one guy that if I would, if if I was going to fire someone, it would be him because you've got the whole internet wrestling community not liking him. You don't. The fans don't like him. I'm pretty sure somewhere Lady Gaga is going to sue him for, for gimmick infringement. I just don't think that he'd be a great fit for that um, that uh, audience, that Kenny trying to aim at. Well, you know, it's funny uh, you bring him up, because after all the hype and after all the bullshit leading up to his big debut match or title match against uh, the freak 
he loses. They don't, even, they don't even put him over in his first big pay-per-view match with all the build-up and all the hype. He loses. So I'm like, maybe they decided that they want to get rid of him. Who knows? Yeah, but it made sense for him not to go over when you think about it because, you know, in the month leading up to this pay-per-view, uh, he pretty much got the best of Rob Terry week in and week out. Right, right. So th- this was more about Rob Terry kind of getting his revenge and kind of shutting Orlando Jordan up. I don't think this is over by a long shot, though. Oh, it's probably not. But Booking 101 says you don't build a superstar and hype him up to lose his first match. Plus, wouldn't it wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be better to have 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 the the heel go over, so the face is like begging for a rematch, to to do the uh, favorite uh, booking idea of I, I, you beat me and then have the face go over at, at, at the next pay per view, and then have them have them set up at, at a third pay per view. Like, Possibly, yeah. But I'm not sure. That I'm not sure that um, that he's the problem. His gimmick is the problem because he's not a bad wrestler, but the gimmick is the thing that's killing him. And there's quite a few gimmicks in TNA that just won't work. Um, what what was the name of that dude that came in from from, from the UK? Uh, Brutus Maximus, whatever he's called, that British guy that pretended to be a, a, a gladiator. Brutus Maximus. Mm. His gimmick was actually like they kind of pushed it, pushed it a bit like too much, like by having him like, come out dressed as a gladiator. Because I'm not sure if you know, but um, his co-worker on the UK show is, is actually signed to to uh, WWE, um, FCW, and he's using the same gimmick, but just toned down. So yes, he's he's a, he's a, a gladiator, but he doesn't come out dressed in all the gear. Huh. So. I I, I, didn't really I, have, I, didn't, I really didn't have a bunch of a problem with the gladiator gimmick. I thought it was all right. They just didn't do much with him once he got there and, and started. Yeah, that kind of seems seem to be the problem with TNA. Like they build stuff up, like they build stuff up, then it flops. Be it talent or announcements or events. Like the the, the one po- uh, the one positive thing, and we all know this, had to be that they show they show back on the fourth. That that was the best thing that happened to, 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 to TNA in years. But since then, it just they've kind of flopped because they. I think they're kind of in the mindset that they are just that they thought that that they were safe Monday nights. But when but when they saw that they got zero point five, they had to like like fly back to to uh, Thursdays. And in no way am I calling it calling it a retreat. I'm calling the the, the move back or to Monday, then back to Monday, an experiment. They learned a lot of shit that that they wouldn't wouldn't have learned if they were uh, back on Thursday. Just like, just at the at at the produ- production uh, me- um, production um, of, of the show. Yeah, I would agree with you. They probably learned a lot, but you know, now they're back on Thursdays. But they, 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 my 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 biggest thing is that first Thursday night they should knock our boots off. That mm. that that very first pay per view since the move they should you know knocked our socks off. And they didn't really do it on either night. I mean, they just kind of did, oh, here's who we are and what we do. If you like us, you do. If you don't, you don't. And it's kind of weird. Ever since they've gone back like, to further days, the, in, the internet wrestling community has kind of like gone meh. They're back to further days. But, but their viewership's actually gone up. It's now, this week, with a 0.9. Well, so. and and they'll probably get up to a 1.5 before too long. I mean, I think their Thursday night audience will, will come back and they'll add to it. You know, it's just a matter of making things interesting again. 
You know, like I said last night, don't buy me a book and let me read the first three pages and fall asleep because I won't pick it back up again. And if I'm watching TNA for the first time and I see a show like I saw on Thursday, I'm going to go, eh, well, if I see it, I see it, great. If I don't, I don't, great. Life goes on. But I don't miss Monday night. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the wrestling fan's basic general mindset right now. Is well, I'll, Okay, put it this way. My basic mindset is, I watch them both no matter what. But the general fan is, I'm going to watch Raw, and I'm going to do my best to catch SmackDown on a station in my area. But if I catch TNA, I catch TNA. If I don't, I don't. Big deal. Yeah, TNA was kind of those things like, like I said, Raw you have to watch because it's Monday Night Raw. Friday is kind of like, if I do. But the whole Thursday, Thursday to me doesn't feel like a good day. Like I think that they, they Dixie and Spike should should have just just tried their best and and uh, stuck it out on Mondays, but they retreated, if you will, if 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 that's what people want to call it. But Maybe. you know what? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Oh, I, I was gonna say, like I'm just hoping that 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 the fans do go back to Thursday nights because the wrestling needs to have two companies live, so so we, we have the option to follow one or the other or both. Right. I agree. No. Cool. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that we, we definitely need that competition. We need the alternative to the WWE. And uh, I'm glad that they're unopposed on Thursday nights. I'm glad that they have a, an opportunity now to kind of build an audience or get that audience back that they had on Thursday nights. Because let's face it, going on a Monday night for them was just a bad move. I know it was an experiment. They thought they were going to do big numbers with Hogan coming in, especially Hogan. You know, he has always had a higher... Uh, opinion of himself than you know what he's really worth and i they kind of fell flat on the face with hogan there and and i'm kind of glad that happened because it i wanted him to see that he's not the draw that he used to be and i think that kind of proved everybody's point there mm. and if not that 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 the um that tour of australia that must have uh pr- proven they not a draw because the D- the dvd didn't even get released because the company that filmed it went bust. Well, I still have butthurt over the whole uh, SummerSlam 2005 <laughs> where Hogan, you know, ha- wanted to beat Shawn Michaels. Of all the fucking people in the world that Hulk Hogan should never beat, Shawn Michaels is at the top of that fucking list. And did he ever make him pay for it in that match because he fucking made Hogan look like a joke? That was fantastically aw- awesome selling, I might add. Maybe maybe that's what guys should should do in, in uh, TNA, just to oversell everything that that, that Hulk Hogan does. Yeah. All right, Crowley. Well, thanks for calling in, buddy. We'll talk to you uh, later on. Okay. Cool. Peace. All right. We actually do have another caller on the line. Welcome to uh, Wrestling News Live. Who is this? Good night. Nada, nada. To be honest, I'm not going to sit here and attempt to try and say that I have the creative booking solution for TNA, I couldn't tell you one way or the other because I don't think my brain works in that way. I will tell you that there are aspects there are aspects of TNA I find enjoyable. There are aspects of TNA that I find unwatchable. I mean, there's no other way I can put it. I kind of would like to get rid of some of the dead weight they have because as you guys have so eloquently put it, 
some of these younger guys that I've wanted to see take the reins and roll with it, you know what? After seven years, if they haven't been able to get the job done yet, I understand why they haven't gotten the job done. So get them out of here. You know, I, I it, it's it's a cluster bomb. And right now, I think also that they're basically still dealing with the hangover of being basically spanked for the better part of the last uh, month and a half uh, when they went to Mondays. I still think that they're reeling from that. I think it'll take them a couple of weeks just to get off of that nightmare before they start to actually get some semblance of a regular following back on Thursday nights. Um, switching over, I'm kind of bummed that we didn't see anything regarding Danielson tonight on Raw. I really, I mean, everybody and their mother thought that, uh, that it was almost a sure lock that Danielson would, uh, been Bret Hart's sub for the U.S. Championship match. I have no, I, I hope and pray that they don't intend on having Bret actually try to defend this thing. They actually now, figure out. Now, something. what about this though? What about this though? You know, JJ had said. I think it was JJ. Somebody had said they hoped that you know Brian Danielson would end up on SmackDown, and if that's the case, well, we still have a chance for that to happen this week. That is, I, I did. Uh, I did say that. I believe. Yeah. Point taken. Yeah, he did mention about. Uh, you did mention about uh, Danielson to SmackDown, which hey. I just want him to debut on one of the brands and get started. The only reason why I, that I thought Raw was he's got the instant, instant feud right there with The Miz, and I thought right. it'd be a nice little. We all thought it would be a nice little carrot with the U.S. title being at the end of the, uh, being at the end of the rope. Considering uh, they finally decided to say something to the effect of a final prize for whoever wins NXT, be it having a champion or NXT ends whenever the hell that is. Well, you know, now, now let me let me ask a question. It's a stupid question. I should know this. Do the Hart Dynasty still have the tag titles, or has Jizz won it yet? No, they still have it. They no, have a the match Hart, with Jizz the this week. The... My okay. bad. I'm shutting up. No, go ahead, Mike. Finish. The Hart Dynasty still has the belts. I apologize. Okay, because I was gonna, I was going to say if Jizz had them, then they could appear on SmackDown. And that would at least have the Miz already there one night to feud with Brian, and he could win the belt there that way. But if they've yet to win those belts, then that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, it does because I was going to make that same point. Uh, it's a good setup. Maybe they don't do it now. I mean, here's the thing: Brian Danielson, they might hold this off for a couple months. I mean, I know that they did something on WWE.com where they're they're furthering the storyline, talking about how Brian Danielson is a world champion. And the gimmick Daniel Bryan didn't go anywhere uh, because it was a watered-down version of what he really is. And I think this could go on for a little bit. They're wanting to gauge the anticipation uh, from the Internet wrestling community as to when they want to debut this guy. I mean, we, we could be two months away from seeing it. At some point, I think Jericho and The Miz are going to take those titles off the Hart Dynasty. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Daniel Bryan and a partner of his choosing come in and beat those guys and take those titles. I mean, it's within the realm of possibility. Right. I had read a report about the uh, about a possible debut match for Danielson with him teaming with John Morrison to face uh, Jericho and The Miz. Um, the thing that was kind of uh, k-boshing that a little bit is I also saw a possible, possible, quote-unquote, 
report of a Morrison injury, but I think I saw something before you guys came on the air that that might not not, not have been the case. That it might have been a it might have been a a work uh, with Morrison being injured, whatever the case may be. Um, the only other comment I have, and then I'll split because I know there's other people wanting to call. The idea of putting two women's champions championship belts on women's idea I've ever seen in my life. And I am not looking forward to Saturday night when I am going to have to try and basically um, duck the barrage of nightmare storms that I'm going to be dealing with from my esteemed co uh, colleague and, D and women's wrestling entrepreneur, um, uh, the power Andy Knowles, because I'm guaranteeing you one thing. Not only is he going to be ticked off about the knockouts uh, titles being the way they are, but hearing that uh, they're doing a Freebird-style rule for the women's title, it's just going to send this poor guy over the edge. But, so uh, yeah. uh, if, if I could do a very cheap plug, the rewind this week, I got a feeling Andy's going to lose his freaking mind again, and it'll be it'll be a very tough call for me. It's kind of funny to see Andy losing his mind on a weekly basis, and me attempting to be the voice of reason. Last I checked, I thought I was the one that was supposed to be the insane motherfucker. Well, now here's the thing: you bring up a good point with the uh, with Laycool having their own belts. You know, Harmony was sitting right next to me watching Raw, and I pointed that out to her, and I said, "What do you think of this? I mean." You've got Layla and Michelle McCool coming down with, obviously, two replica belts of the Women's Championship. And I said, hey, the only thing missing is you. You got your belt right there. She has a replica Women's Championship in the WWE. I mean, she should just go to the event and, and be part of Laycool. I mean, you know, then they can all three be tag team champions. I mean, or, or women's champion, you know, with the Freebird rule. I mean, it, it's, it's great. It's a great concept. Not. Right. Well, I th they probably are doing it for the simple fact that Layla is just impossible to even attempt to get to carry to a good match. And they probably de realize that they need McCool just basically to bail Layla out of whatever sort of uh, simple spot that she gets into that she botches. I mean, she's eh, – it's just – you know, I don't want to be negative. I really don't. But that 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 aspect was just ridiculous. I feel sorry for Beth Phoenix and what happened to her, getting injured and um, seeing what I saw tonight. You know, I was able to catch the end of Raw on on Justin and uh, seeing what I saw tonight. I'm gonna have a hard weekend this weekend on the rewind, and I don't know if I can handle being the voice of reason. I think I need to get back to being the nut job around here. But any which way, gentlemen, thank you for the time. I will, uh, I will uh, go back to being what I think I'm supposed to be, and that's just me. Adios, gentlemen. All right, Mike, thanks for calling in, man. You know, Mike brings up a good point about TNA and, and cutting the fat. And that would be, you know, like prime example. You know, you said, why, why would they cut away? from the main event of RVD and AJ Styles to show Shelton Benjamin, of all people, not Shelton Benjamin, but uh, uh, Black Machismo and Ric Flair. That just totally took away from the match. No, you know, I, I you don't. take Black Machismo out of there, no. Jeff Hardy's supposed to be RVD's best friend. Why wouldn't RVD be, you know, a guy that would come out and stop Ric Flair? That would make a little bit more sense and be more impactful, no, no pun intended, than, than Jay Lethal. 
Well, I mean, the whole Jay Lethal thing stems from the fact that Lethal came out, did the Ric Flair impersonation, had the ring oh, on I his know, finger. I know. You know, I, I just think you know if Jeff Hardy's you know being paid what he's being paid, and you know they they've got too many people on the roster for one show a week. And if you trim the fat, to me, I know there's a lot of Jay Lethal fans out there, but he does nothing for me unless he if he was Jay Lethal, it'd be one thing, but. Being a wrestler, imitating an 80s wrestler, does nothing for me. Well, yeah, I've, I've been sick of the black machismo gimmick since the second day they did it. You know, I mean, it's just retarded. You know, and now they've got him not being black machismo. He's more like the nature, the, the what did I call him the other night? The nature, the nature leaf? You know? Yeah. The lethal nature boy? I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy. It's we, just stupid. It's just dumb. Get rid of the guy if he can't be himself and stand on his own two feet and his own gimmick. Get rid of the guy. Could, you know, you could have done the same spot with Flair, but with Jeff Hardy trying to stop Flair from interfering in his new best friend RVD's match. No, I agree. I guess before we take another call, there was one thing I wanted to kind of address a little bit. I wanted to get to a little bit of news, and the one news item that I've got right in front of me that I wanted to talk about, and this is something that's probably near and dear to, to both you and I, considering that we're Oklahomans, basically. Did you hear that Jim Ross has shut down his uh, his barbecue business in Norman. As he of, did. As of Sunday night, JR's Barbecue, he has two stores, and they have both been closed down. Well, did he say why? Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, I think he was he was getting hit pretty hard with the economy, so he's kind of, uh, for the moment, had to kind of bow out of doing the restaurants. And he's hinting that he has a major uh, announcement to make in days that his schedule is going to change and he's going to be quite busy. So he hasn't really explained what's going on with that. But as of right now, as of Sunday, they uh, they have closed the barbecue joints. And uh, it, it saddens me greatly. And I planned on going back and, and checking out, you know, some of JR's barbecue the next time I'm in Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, now that's that's done. It's it's not going to happen. So, well, I, mean, I tell you what, and he's, he's, he's probably getting hit by the economy, but also by competition. I mean, just a prime example, this Saturday, a few days ago, my dad and I went in, and uh, my dad was like, hey, you know, I'll I'll treat you to lunch. Where do you want to go? And the place I wanted to go was really, really busy. And I said, well, sh- we were in a shop- like a shopping center. I said, well, there's Billy Sims Barbecue. You remember Billy Sims, the former Oklahoma running back? Yeah, let's check that out. And he goes, you know what? I don't think I've been in there since they opened either. Let's go, let's go have lunch in there. It's a Saturday afternoon around two thirty, three o'clock. We're the only two people in the business and we walk in and we order basically the two meat combo. Both of us got two meat combos, both of us got a drink, and it was twenty seven bucks. I'm like, Holy shit, twenty seven dollars? Wow. Was that a magical pig you killed or what? You know? But I mean, just prime example, prices and competition and people in Oklahoma City like their barbecue, and being Norman, I'm sure there's a Rib Crib, there's a Billy Sims Barbecue Headquarters, you know, right there. There's two two businesses to compete. Toby Keith's, I love this bar. Well, I mean, that Toby Keith's not a barbecue joint, but, I mean, as far as barbecue in the Oklahoma City area, uh, you know, there, there's quite a few Earl's locations, you know, and I know this because I used to work as a, a restaurant delivery guy, you know, I used to carry the equipment to all these restaurants, but there's Earl's, there's Smoky Bones Barbecue, 
Uh, there was Jim oh, Ross's yeah. barbecue. I mean, you know, all these barbecue joints are like, you know, really high Smoky dollar. Smoky Bones is good. Smoky Bones is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, luckily JR is still keeping the online portion where he's still selling the sauces. And I think some. Oh, he, yeah, hell yeah. He, he said something about uh, getting distribution in grocery stores pretty soon as well. So, I mean, he's going to make. That would be awesome. He's going to make a pretty profit off of that. But it just. With all the memorabilia he had, uh, you know, on the walls from WWE there. It kind of saddens me because I, I mean I was really looking forward to uh, checking that place out the next time I was in town. It's a bummer, man. Well, I just I wish I could have gone. I mean I should have gone when I went through Oklahoma City the last two times I've been. And I didn't do it, so now I feel bad. I just wonder what his major announcement is going to be. I I don't think it's going to be TNA. He may be the new general manager of Raw. You know what? That could possibly be. What it could be. I mean, I seriously see him doing that. I think it would be great to have uh, have JR back on Raw as the GM. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, just use him as a general manager. He's, you know, nobody knows the business better than JR. No, hopefully he can get involved with, with that role. He'll, hopefully he can get some, you know, input into creative. Well, you, you'd like to think, right? Well, you know, one would think. Um, we actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who is this? Hey, JJ, it's Flair. Hey, what's up, Flair? One uh, quick thing, Trey. I saw uh, James Storm last night at the uh, Ale House, and I have a sad story uh, to tell you. Um, he told me he doesn't remember you anymore. Oh, what a motherfucker. <laughs> I, I mentioned you, and then I mentioned about uh, JSK, uh, Jody, and he said that he remembered Jody, uh, and then that made him uh, remember you. So he said he'd give you a call. Um, that motherfucker, no, I'm going to have to beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was funny, though. He, he said he'd never heard of you before. So. <laughs> he probably said I'd try to get a guest on his show. That's awesome. But, yeah, I mean, uh, as long as he remembers now, I'm okay with that. He's drank a lot since then, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, he was singing karaoke in the bar, and I tell you, that was my first experience with James in a bar, so yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool last night. Um, one thing I'd, I'd do with TNA, uh, since I go to all, all these different shows, I think their main problems can uh, continuity uh, with their storylines. I mean, even if you go through a show you'll see conflicting storylines in one night. And yeah, a regular fan doesn't want to follow uh, two or three different storylines involving the same person. So, I mean, you're not even captivating your fans that you get at your live events because they're too confused with what's actually going on. Uh, so, I mean, they, they need more of a flow to their, uh, to their tapings and to their shows. Well, I mean, I think the Orlando thing is killing them. I think the Orlando crowd is hurting them bad. I mean, I put that I put that on my list of things to change, and you can't pick your crowd, so you might as well pick your place. You know, and like I said, if they would start charging for people to come in and watch the tapings and charge people to come watch the pay-per-views, then they'd make a little money on the side. They could probably afford to go to some other places. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was really a crowd uh, problem. Problem with that, it, it just goes back to the writing. And uh, it, whenever you whenever you got Russo in there, I heard he was getting burned out uh, with writing. But he, he's always had a history of conflicting himself. I mean, even even back in back in WCW, he do the same uh, sort of stuff he's doing now. Um, I, I like the uh, turn toward uh, Slammiversary tonight. They're using uh, lots of aggressiveness in the uh, characters, and they they have interesting storylines going on with uh, uh, with uh, Kurt Angle and Sting now. Uh, pretty much going after uh, people. Kurt Angle taking out the top ten that they named, and uh, Sting going after uh, RVD. Sting came out of the crowd and. Uh, but uh, with what they're doing, I mean, it's looking good. But once you do that, then you just go and do other stuff, and it, it just doesn't make much sense to the viewer that's watching at home. Because later in the next week, uh, you know what's coming, and you're going to have something else. And this uh, starting now, all the shows are going to be taped. Um, so I mean, they, I know they got a one rating for the first Thursday, but I think it'll be interesting to see what they do after Slammiversary, uh, since they're basically just going off the one rating right now, um, to see how the ratings affect their their storylines. Because if Russo continues to write the same kind of stuff, I think you're still going to have the same conflicting uh, points of view, uh, different in every week. You know, you, you brought up just a second ago the whole uh, Sting going after RVD. I think that's apropos when you think about it, because the night that RVD debuted in TNA, he was beat down by Sting. So, in a lot of ways, that kind of works. Yeah, I'm all for that. You know, I, and I would like to see more continuity. I mean, we obviously saw, you know, Hall and Nash, or, or I guess Nash, rather, uh, you know, turned in his Feast or Fired briefcase and took advantage, and, you know, they're now the tag team champions. I'll say, at the next pay-per-view, when Saban and Shelley get their title shot, I think that Nash is going to put those guys over. I really think it's their time. It's been their time for two years now. But Nash oh, is, is very high on both of these guys, and he's tried to help them out in their tenure there. And I, I just I don't see Hall and Nash holding on to these belts. I know they want to do this whole free bird rule where any three of the combination, you know, you look at both products right now, and there's so much that's similar going on. You've got Lakel with the women's title, where they're carrying two titles around, and it's a free bird kind of rule. You've got the tag team division over in TNA, where you've now got the band, and it's a, a free bird kind of rule. Like, everything is just kind of meshing into one right now. Am I the only one seeing this? Or is it like both shows are kind of doing the same fucking thing here? I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Uh, yeah. So much, so uh, for speak, uh, speaking about the band, um, last night uh, my booth was right across from uh, Scott Hall, and I, uh, he was talking to uh, fans, and he he pretty much had the idea that uh, they were going to drop the belts uh, pretty soon, which, I, I mean, you, you can definitely see coming, and I think it's going to elevate the talent a lot more. But, uh, yeah, that's the word that was uh, going around from him last night at the L House. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting everything that's going on. Um, but uh, anyway, um, I'm going to have a report up on uh, from Headlocks to Headlines pretty soon. I haven't sent it to Crowley because I just got back from the Ohio's just a uh, little bit ago, and then uh, two more nights of TNA. So we'll see how much they conflict in between uh, now and then. Hey, Blair, uh, I want you to do me a favor. Uh, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to call back in after we go off the air. All right. Because I want to talk to you about the same L-I. number. Yeah, yeah, same number. Just call back in after uh, we go off the air. I mean, it'll just be me and JJ. All right. Cool. All right, buddy. All right. Later, brother. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, I was. I had something I was about to say, and I, I completely fudged on it. Oh. You jobbed out to your brain. I jobbed out to my brain. I think I want some high-grade peyote <laughs> or something. I don't know. Some Canadian crop. I have no idea what the hell's going on tonight. So the phone line interesting, interesting night for wrestling, interesting night for the show. No doubt. So the phone lines are once again open. If uh, somebody wants to call in, we'll take a few more calls and wrap this thing up. Uh, 501-588-7957 is the number to call. Wish me luck tomorrow. I'm going to inquire on a job that would be so kick-ass. It would be so much fun, but it would also be during the day so that my night hours would be free again. Oh, that's cool. I don't want to say what it is. I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, it's a pretty cool gig. Something that I've looked forward to for a while. Hopefully coming true. Um, We actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who is this? It was going on. It's Mr. I Thug Productions. Well, yeah. I say we got a caller. It's just CJ. Aw. Uh, Don't. He's going to tap. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm tapping already. So what's, what's on up, your mind? CJ? Uh, man, I was in school well until 9 o'clock, so the only thing I got to see on Monday Night Raw was the Jericho Bret Hart promo on my school computer while I was editing my final project. There you go. And I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go watch it on DVR. I had to work tonight, so. Yeah, plus I still have to go watch Sacrifice because, um, yeah, I'm going to have a little project for that in the middle of this week. So I have to actually watch the whole pay-per-view. But I, from what I was told, it was a pretty interesting pay-per-view. It was interesting. It wasn't like I've heard good things and bad things. I didn't think it was horrible. I, I, you know, I hope I didn't portray that last night that I thought it was horrid. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad. I just didn't think it was that good. It was kind of you a thought meh. It was meh. Exactly, which which doesn't mean bad, doesn't mean good. It's meh. Yeah, Josh meh. told me. Yeah, my bad. And I gave it a meh minus. So I mean, yeah. It's, oh, it's a fair scale. Come on. It's the meh meter. It it was got a, a meh minus. Come on. Yeah, kind of like I used to give like shows what like two and a half woos or two and a half excuse me's and shit like that. Two and a half excuse me with a thumbs up and a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Blaine. Both steps. <laughs> oh man. But in all honesty, yes, and in a day, my new equipment sounds good, barring I've had this for the past month and a half. Just saying. Yeah, I can actually hear what you're saying now. Wow. Yeah, I, I just went to go check my Sunday Night Showdown email, and Jericho is now following me on Twitter. 
<laughs> okay, it's Jericho 130, but it's still Jericho, so, I mean, it's kind of funny. Uh, okay. yeah. I was going to say. You're moving on up like George and Weezy. Oh, shit. Like, Chris Jericho listens to the show. Nice. Oh. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if Jericho's ever listened or not. I couldn't tell you that. Anyway, CJ, what's on your mind tonight, buddy? What's on my mind? What's on my mind? Uh, hearing what happened on Monday Night Raw, I seriously need to go watch it because it seemed extremely, extremely interesting. And But I was going to make a point to what you guys were saying about TNA in the beginning. I sent a little something to JJ regarding an interview that I had with um, former TNA knockout Mickey Knuckles where she was saying that she was trying to go back and get a job with TNA again. But Terry Taylor wasn't in the main office, wasn't in the front office. And she was having a conversation with him. And it seemed she said she gave she got the impression that TNA was trying to either get rid of or diminish their knockouts division. Really? Yeah. Well, that'd probably be a good indication with them letting Terry go the way they did. I mean, the only thing I can see is that, you know, they got... They got the beautiful people, ODB, Taylor Wilde, Serena, Velvet, or not Velvet, it's got Angelina Love, when she comes back, I guess she's hurt again. Yeah, she's hurt. So, so, I mean, that's pretty much it, unless, I mean, you know, I'm sure Mickey James will land there as Alexis Lurie. Uh, but, um, Trey, Taylor who? Serena who? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Uh-huh. I mean, I... That's exactly what I was saying earlier. I mean, the two, the, the three biggest names in the knockout division since its inception, Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, and Tara, are all gone now. You know, they had something special in Mickey Knuckles. Mickey Knuckles, unfortunately, got injured, and they quietly released her. Let's see who else. You know, they got this Betsy Roof chick who trained with Team 3D to try and replace. Yeah, but wasn't, wasn't Mickey Knuckles only on for, like, two shows? I mean... Yeah, she quick. got injured after the second show. Right, but I mean, it was a very quick little transition there. She was on for like two shows, and that was it. Yeah, she had a little bimbo brawl against um uh, ODB. Okay. And speaking of ODB, what the hell happened to ODB? She I was like know. top of the mountain at the end of 2009. They had a shit with her. I'm surprised she still has a contract. Well, they're they're obviously trying to phase this uh, this part of the company out. I mean... Again, uh, <laughs> what I was just saying about women's wrestling in general. Who's your knockouts division champion? Madison Rain, who doesn't win singles matches because she's horrible in the ring. Over, over. This is probably a Hogan and Bischoff thing. They're probably the ones that want to phase it out. Well, it, nope. it, it's, it's definitely a Bischoff thing because he's not a fan of women's wrestling. Then you've got over on SmackDown, you now have Layla as the champion again. You know, not a good worker. So both of the standard bears in two women's divisions out of three different shows, two of those yeah. champions are not even credible because they can't even fucking wrestle. No, the thing is, actually, Madison Rain legitimately can wrestle. Like, I've seen her shimmer stuff when she, her shimmer stuff, she can legitimately wrestle. It's just that Bischoff and them is not letting them actually do anything. Really? Because really, I mean, the way I see it, I mean, she sucks worse than a fucking hooker on $2 Thursdays. What do you watch the the sacrifice pay-per-view, CJ? Oh, no. Oh, no. I I mean, I have to watch it for Wednesday. Trust me. If I see this, then I will flip a shit on Eric Bischoff. I guarantee it. If, if If it comes down to that. 
I well, mean, I'm just saying you're, you're talking you're talking about Madison Rain being a great worker. When do you watch the pay per view? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm going if 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 it's as bad as you tell me, trust me, I will flip a shit on Eric Bischoff. I guarantee it. Like, okay, CJ, I have a homework assignment for you. Go ahead. I, I want you to find me a good match that Madison Rain has had and send it to me so I can watch it. Um, I'm looking through my DVDs. Okay, Shimmer Volume 18, the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew, Lacey and Rain versus Ashley Lane, who is basically Madison Rain and her tag team partner, Nevaeh. It was a pretty good match on there, even though it was a tag team match, but it was a pretty good match. The question was, did the opponents carry them to a good match? No, they both carried each other. Like, all four of them carried each other to good matches. I mean, granted, you know, Lacey, not Lacey Von Eric, but Lacey and Rain, which is, I think, Peyton Banks, pretty good. So, you know, they've carried, they've carried each other to, to a really good match. Well, this I would well, have to see. Well, find acorns every now and then, too. That's true. Yeah, but, um, you know, grant, granted, it's how the promoter wants you to work. And if the promoter doesn't want you to work to the best of your ability, obviously you're going to get, you're going to turn to shit. And, and, like, and these at, ladies have to know, these ladies have to know that, you know, that they are, you know, mid-card talent at best, and they're letting the top three superstars with a vision go to the wayside. They have to be telling themselves, shit, we better be saving our money because it ain't long before we're gone too. Yeah, because look at look at look at the beautiful people. Which, by the way, in all honesty, as you know, lauded as they are, I think Velvet Sky is n- not the worker everybody puts her over to be. And yes, Lacey is improving, but she still has a ways to go. Well, I don't remember anybody ever saying that Lacey Von Eric was the fabulous moolah. I just know, that, or not Lacey, but Velvet Sky. I just know that they say she's hot as balls and she needs to be naked in, the, in a magazine. No, I. I've talked to I've talked to a lot of Divas wrestling fans, a lot, mostly females, and they say that Velvet Sky, they lord Velvet Sky, and they pray. But it was all Angelina Love when it was just them two, and then it comes down to it, it was all Madison Rain, even though she was, you know, booked poor shit. Oh, you know, wow. Velvet's just there. He, she's just a pretty face with cellulite on her ass. Yeah, I said it. The knockout division is about to be knocked out. I'm afraid. Yeah, and then look at the X division. Whew, that's another. That's another. You know, sad case loss to the Wolves. Oh, hold on, hold on. I disagree. The X division, granted, might not be as rich as it used to be, but Douglas Williams is the man in the X division. Oh, granted, Doug I Williams, do like Doug Williams. Doug Williams is the reason to watch the X division. Kazarian, oh, see, I, I still like Kaz. You, you like you? You still like Kaz? Yeah. You know what? I have no problem with Kaz. I think he can actually do some stuff. I mean, he's got a lot of moves in his repertoire, but I have not been impressed with him since he's come back after being suicide. He just does not well, impress you know, me. You know, you know why Kaz and Doug Williams are such you know good representatives of the division because they're the only two in the motherfucker that can sell besides Amazing Red. <laughs> oh no! And oh yeah, um, somebody made it. Randy made a point in the chat that you know Don West. Only sales flop was Amazing Red. He couldn't even sell Amazing Red to TNA. Just saying. Um, but, you know, yeah, Grand, I like Doug Williams. Doug Williams has a character among none, none other. Oh, wait. One more thing that confused me about Sacrifice from what I heard. No. They won a few weeks back and never cashed in. Well, the same could be said with Crime Time for like a year. 
Every I want to say you're right. I want to say Motor City Machine Guns won a match to make themselves number one contenders, and then they just fucking forgot about it. It was, I think it was at Against All Odds, I believe, or the pay-per-view after that. I want to they... say you're right, but don't quote me. No, no, I'm not, like, I'm still confused about that. And I'm also, like, when the hell did Ink Ink get a goddamn title shot? It's a freaking... Fr- is a freaking punk rock poser and the just and the Joshinator from SmackDown vs Raw 2011. Well, I mean 10. Well, think about it. I'm not real sure how they. I'm not real sure how they earned their t- the job to Hall and Nash, <laughs> and make them look good. Pretty much, yeah. And Ink Ink was Ink Ink was the guys to do it. I mean, that's all there is to it. Uh, Randy McWilliams says that the Motor City Machine Guns won the Ultimate X to get a shot. So that obviously has not taken. Or they have completely forgotten about that, which you know does <laughs> seem to happen. The continuity in professional wrestling sometimes does get in the way. Like I was talking about earlier, several times that they had number one contenders matches for the tag team titles, they would win those matches and never get a title shot. Oh no, they would. No, they got a few times, especially against the Legacy. They got a few times against Cody Rhodes and um Teddy Biasi. Oh, I'm talking about before that. Oh yeah, that's oh, true. Wait, wait, wait. Way before that, they had there were there were like three or four times they won number one contenderships and never got title matches. Well, you know, WWE is notorious for not liking tag teams. Look at the only tag teams that you legitimately have right now in the WWE. You have the Hart Dynasty and the Dude Busters. The Dude Busters' job to Shelton Vontavious Porter and JTG, which hmm. again are a tag team. You know, you, you take MVP, move him over to SmackDown, and rather than put him into a a mid card feud. You know, for a title and really try to elevate his game up a little bit and make him somebody on the brand, you put him with JTG of all people and bring up another tag team. Uh, you know, I again, this is one of the problems that I have with Vince and, and the WWE. I think black people are only friends with black people. Uh, exactly. There you go. That's not true. Look at Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. <laughs> Charlie Haas was right about exactly. black people. Not exactly the reaction I was doing for CJ, but okay. Yeah, let's let's be honest. You had Charlie Haas coming out in cornrows like dynamite. Like, <laughs> nice CJ. That's, yeah, that was good. They called him Rabbit. He was an eight mile. That's right. <laughs> he should have bobbed himself. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but seriously, I mean, and you got let's see who who's the other tag team that you have. You got the Ruthless Roundtable. That's not really a tag team. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I don't really see them team very often. Well, they just basically reformed, which, by the way, I'm still marking out over Mark. I mean, not Mark Henry. What's his name? William Regal. Straight up gangster tripping. Straight up gangster tripping. Boy, aren't you ridiculous? No, from last okay, week. Okay, on, on, on that note, we got to let CJ go. Yeah. <laughs> CJ, you've been future endeavored. Get the fuck off the network. Aw. Oh, you were just talking about off the phone line, right? <laughs> You're the phone line, <laughs> I'm always taking it a step too far. That's nah, okay, JJ. You know, I love you for it. You, you, you're like the, the, the older brother I wish I wanted. Well, thank God you said older brother, not father, because then I would kick your ass. <laughs> what? I'm 22 years old. I mean, I have a, a well, cousin. What am I? Your grandpa. Grandpa? <laughs> grandpa Trey. <laughs> <laughs> you are the grandpa of internet wrestling radio, Trey. Listen, don't make no mistake. This grandpa can still kick some ass. I mean, blame Mace for that one, because that's what he called you. <laughs> he said you were the grandfather of internet radio. 
The oh, grandfather yeah. of Internet Wrestling Radio. Okay, all right. I yeah, played I the promo did. earlier. Did you not hear it? I might have to just play it again before we go off the air, just so you can give give you some ammunition. Yeah, I just have to say <laughs> one thing. No, I call Trey the inspiration of Wrestling Radio, man. Shoot, I ain't gonna lie. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One quick thing. Um, this Wednesday, this Wednesday night. Yeah, this Wednesday night will be the premiere of Pass the Book with. Myself, if JJ doesn't mind me doing a cheap plug, oh, go ahead, cheap plug your way. Yeah, which it which will be hosted by myself and the sensational or pentacular Sean, whatever you want to call him. Um, it'll be basically this week we will have Josh Piedra as our guest guest on the show. We will be looking at sacrifice and trying to rebook sacrifice. Good luck with that. <laughs> You're gonna need it, pal. Yeah, and on and like we like we discussed a couple weeks back, the second half of the show is E-Fed related, which means you get to cut your promos and all that and have a little fun. There you go. Yeah, so, you know, it should be a fun show this Wednesday night, so check us out Wednesday night at 10.30 p.m. Yes, the debut. I'll pass the, the book. Defense. So I will get off so people can call or you can end this motherfucker because it's 2 a.m. and... Eastern time. Yeah, I think we're going to wrap this up with you being the last caller. Yeah, we're done after you. We're sticking a fork in you. You're done. I'm special. <laughs> All right, CJ, thanks for calling in, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you later on in the week, man. Oh, definitely, man. Peace. Peace. All right. I guess we'll have Mark down in the history, the annals of wrestling radio. The annals of wrestling radio. That's right. The annals of wrestling radio. It's not vaginal, it's anal now. It's vaginal. No, it's still vaginal. It's it's very vaginal. Speaking of which, we didn't play that promo yet. Yeah, did you send that to me in email? Or did you send yeah. it off Skype? Uh, email. Because I'm trying to go back and find it. If you could resend it to me, that would be great. Uh, that, that'll be a problem, because I don't have it. Well, yeah, I do. It'll be still in my sent file, but yeah, it, it, I sent AJ sex a email address. No. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what I said to. All right. Well, I just replied. I just replied to the last thing you sent me. Yeah. Well, I I literally checked both my emails today and went through because I know I had it because I played it at one point in time. It should be on my computer saved, but it's not for some reason. So. All right. I'll see if I can find it again. But yeah, get that to me, and then we'll play it next week for sure. I, I was looking for it about an hour before the show started, and I'm like, where the fuck is this clip? So. <laughs> So I had to throw the old flare uh, back in rotation this week to kind of make up for it. But Well, stick a fork in me, man. I'm done. All right. Sounds good. With that being said, uh, we'll catch you guys, or I'll catch you guys tomorrow night for another live edition of Unplugged. We'll find out what's going on with uh, NXT. Who gets eliminated next? I mean, who knows? It could be all four of them or all five of them tomorrow night. You know, I mean, we never know with NXT from one week to the next. We had three eliminations last time. So who knows? But uh, you know, definitely check out Unplugged tomorrow night after NXT, eleven thirty Eastern, nine thirty Mountain Standard Time, with myself, JJ Sexay, on behalf of the Trey Dog, and on behalf of everyone who called in tonight to Wrestling News Live. Thank you guys very much, JSK. Take it away, my friend. Let's get the hell out of here. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out.
Folks, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. About me. About you. About the way our American hearts beat way down in the bottom of our chests. About that special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. Maybe below the cockles. Maybe in the subcockle area. Maybe in the liver. Maybe in the kidneys. Maybe even in the colon. We don't know. I'm just a regular Joe with a regular job. I'm your average white suburbanite slob. I like football and porno and books about war. I got an average house with a nice hardwood floor. My wife and my job, my kids and my car, my feet on my table, and a Cuban cigar. But sometimes that just ain't enough to keep a man like me. Oh no, no way. Uh-uh. No, I've gotta go out and have fun at someone else's expense. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I drive really slow in the ultra fast lane while people behind me are going insane. I'm on a And I on the seat I walk around in the summertime Saying how about this heat I'm on a I'm on a Sometimes I park In handicapped spaces While handicapped people Make handicapped faces I'm on a